Welcome to The Breakfast Show. You're listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by Danuta and my super fabulous co-host, Lawson. Lawson, good morning to you. Good morning. How's, how are you doing? How, are you well, Danuta? Yeah, well, I'm glad it's come to the end of the week. Are you? Like, oh. it's always good to have a weekend just to come up for a bit of air <laughs> with a whole lot of things. I don't know, man. I'm kind of in a place right now. I just got lots to do. And I'm, just, I'm oh. kind of like, I wish there was another day. Right, I wish, another day. I wish we had another day. But, you yeah, know, but no, you'd fill fine. that day it's, as well and then you'd want another day and anyway. And then you would want more rest and whatnot. I think, you know, God has given us enough. Uh, he's Absolutely. Given, he's given us hey. enough time during the week. Um, you know, what I can get done, I'll get done. And then whatever it may be, I'll come to sundown tonight and, oh, mate, I'll be resting. Yeah, that's, that's the beautiful thing about yeah. Sabbath, isn't it? Like there's this absolute amazing rest that you can have from sundown to sundown. I mean, I know mm-hmm. we can get in, we are involved in church matters and things like that, you know, worship or preaching and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing about the Sabbath is that, you know, God blessed it and made it holy. And yeah, Absolutely. it's just a beautiful thing about resting in that space. Hey, I want to give a, a, a beautiful um, promise out to everyone today. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all he has made. Don't you love that verse? Yeah. Has God been good to you? He has been so good. I've actually, like, I say, oh, I would like an extra day. Because there's a few things I'm, like, stressed about, you know, just, like, deadlines coming up and whatnot. But regardless, God has opened doors for me to be able to, to finish things and complete things cool. and do stuff. Particularly and assignments. It's that assignments. You have. Yeah. <laughs> and then even some stuff with church. This weekend, I'm starting, it's our first week, we're doing this thing called Fast Class, which is discipleship oh. training. And, and uh, I'm, I'm leading out in that. It's going to be amazing. But, you know, there's particular things I was like nervous about, but it's just, just kind of all smoothed over. Like God is really working and really blessing. So How exciting. I'm, I'm just stoked. I'm- and coming up on our show today, we have our interview with Tony Benjamin from Voice mm. of the Martyrs. That'll be great. In our new segment, we're looking at new blood tests that may actually help diagnose Parkinson's disease. And in our Bible study, we continue on Ephesians 5, looking at the one flesh model of marriage. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Lawson, it is our last day for quiz questions, giving people yes. the chance to go in the draw. That happens today at quarter to nine. Take it away, please, with our first quiz question for Ooh. today and our fifth to last one for the week. All right, we've got a pretty complex fill-in-the-blank this morning, so you guys are going to have to really be on your toes listening along with the correct answers here. Fill in the blanks, sir. Fill in the blanks. Yeah. And I will give them one blank and I will put a new spirit within you and I will take the blank heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of blank. Mm, lots hey, there to remember. 0491064669. Now we've got multiple choice here because we were like, okay, you know, this might be a bit tough. Is it? Does it read like this? And I will give them one spirit, and I'll put a new spirit within you, and I'll take the dead heart out of your flesh, and I'll give them a heart of life. Or is it, and I will, so that's A, I will give them one heart, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I'll take the stony heart out of your flesh, and will give them a heart of flesh. Is that, that's B. Is it, 
I and I will give them one song, and I'll put a new spirit within you, and I will take the the sorry the hollow heart out of your flesh, and will give them a heart of strength. Or finally, I will give them one life, and I will put a new spirit within them, and I will take the uh, the bloody heart out of their flesh, and I will give them a heart of stone. So that was D. So it was A, B, C, or D. So A, spirit, dead life. B, heart, stony flesh. C, song, hollow strength. Or D, life, bloody, and stone. Wow. If you know the answer, just A, B, C, <laughs> or D. Hey, and, and if maybe you're sitting here this morning, you're like, I have no idea. Yeah. You've got you. It's one of four. It's one of four. You're it's not, one. You're of not going to embarrass. Twenty-five percent chance of actually right. getting the right answer. You're not embarrassing yourself if you put you know just a random letter in. Just go for it. Maybe you're you know very familiar with this passage and you're just trying to answer, or maybe not. But hey, guys, you want to put correct answers in because today we are drawing the prize at eight forty-five a.m. and it's going to be a thoughtful hour, an incredible devotional book, mm. and then as well thoughts from the Mount of Blessings. As I loved how Lyle described it yesterday. Um, as essentially Jesus's manifesto, you know yeah, what right. what he's about, who he is, mm. and what he would like to see from the kingdom of heaven. So again, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine was it A spirit dead life, B heart stony flesh, C song hollow strength, or D life bloody and stone. If you know the answer to that one, again, that number, 0491064669. That's also the number that you can text us this morning. If you are from Mill yeah. in Queensland, Do which we- is the place that we are shouting out this morning, listening on 88FM. Can we spell that one? Because some people might not actually have ever heard of that. And it's, it's Mill Merrin, M I L. I M E double Yeah. I personally haven't heard of that place. So I'm thinking it's probably a small town, probably somewhere regional, Queensland. Um, is it in the northern part or sort of a bit more central? We're we're going almost directly east. Uh, sorry, directly west. If you were to go, you know, almost over to, you know, it's it's north of say Glen Innes, ah. but it's it's between Brisbane and Gold Coast, but then like directly west. So, so out kind of okay. like on the way to Toowoomba, I'm assuming. You know, if you're, you're heading out that way. Uh, mm. So yeah, Mill Marin. Shout out Mill Marin, and if you're listening at Mill Marin zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, or if you're you know from the area, you've been there before. Let us know. If you've been to, you know, actually, it's just north of Texas. Texas. Texas, Yeah, Queensland. anyone would think of Texas, Texas USA, Texas, wouldn't they? Because no, that's the most common name. It's just north of Texas. Texas, Queensland. So, yeah, shout out Texas and shout out Mill Marin and the people who are there. Danuta, what is happening in the world of positively different news this morning? There's some exciting news, you know, from the US coming out mm-hmm. about pos- pos- new blood tests that could possibly diagnose, give an early diagnosis for Parkinson's disease. Now, Parkinson's disease is a disorder that actually affects the central nervous system. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and it affects movements. Um, so the nerve cell damage in the brain causes dopamine levels to actually drop. 
and it causes slow movement, stiffness, kind of rigidity, loss of balance, those sort of things. And it can usually start off, you know, in just one one area and then, of course, progress to other areas. Now, when I was a speech pathologist, I actually saw people that had Parkinson's disease um, and it can actually also then affect their swallowing and, of course, their speech because you get the rigidity on the face, the muscles, um, there's not, not as much flexibility and movement in the muscles and then it affects their swallowing. And so one of the areas I had to do was actually adapt their, their, their meals, their diets from mm. having just a normal meal from not being able to have things like toast and biscuits and things like that to something softer. And then as their swallowing got worse, it would actually go to something that was more perhaps minced and then maybe vitamized and things like that. <coughs> And so, you know, in this case, it does affect people. Now, some people may actually remember or know that Michael J. Fox, of course, who um, is a, was a, a, a famous actor, was a famous actor and won Emmy and Golden Globe Awards. He was diagnosed mm. with Parkinson's disease in 1991 at the age of 29. Now, he actually starred in the film Back to the Future. Classic. And, um, and that was one of the absolute favorites favorites when it came out and continued to be for many years and so he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease now with Parkinson's disease then what we're finding what they're finding here is that the, the disorder of course progresses and affects different parts of the body controlled by the nerves and currently they can diagnose Parkinson's disease only once the once the symptoms have actually occurred and so what they've been trying to do is go okay how can we actually find something a little bit quicker or easier so that maybe we can help in in some kind of way a whole lot earlier and so current so the blood tests might be able to detect parkinson's early before it starts causing damage to the central nervous system. So the test actually looks at Mm. the damage to the DNA in the blood linked to Parkinson's and specifically the damage that is is done is to the mitochondria DNA, what's called mitochondria DNA. And since past studies have actually shown that there's a connection between that because they've actually previously found that there's been lots of damage in the brain, you know, an accumulation of this mitochondria DNA in the brain with people that have got Parkinson's. So Mm. they've gone, okay, so there must be some kind of link here with this. And so they've actually tried to find further away. Now, now the thing is with Parkinson's too, it's the second most common neurological disease in the world. In fact, there's about 10 million people worldwide affected with it. And so the studies that are being done by the American scientist in Duke University of Medicine, of course, have, have found that hopefully through these new blood, blood tests, they can actually find, you know, with, detected early through mm. this whole mitochondria DNA. And so they're hoping that these findings will actually have new and effective treatments, which would just be jolly amazing for people. Like it's, it's, it's never, a nice thing for people to be diagnosed with this thing. But mm. if they're starting to, you know, I guess get their head around and be prepared, but also, uh, you know, if they're starting to get the smallest of symptoms, it can actually be detected early, which I think is pretty amazing. And, you know, I just sometimes, I don't know, I'm sure we've talked about this so many times, haven't we, that if Jesus was here today, it would be amazing because he would perform the miracle. Like my mind even went with 
the 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 paralyzed man at mm. the pool of Bethsaida who was paralyzed for thirty eight years and Jesus healed him. Hey, just. yeah, absolutely. And I think um, like as you, as you're saying here, you know, prevention is the best measure. But mm. in the case of a Parkinson's, you mm. know, or, or you know, cancer or whatever it may be, um, all of these diseases, it's like okay, well, if we can't use prevention, well, then early detection, early detection exactly. is the next step. But any, anything that enables that ultimately leads to yeah. a situation in which people can be saved from going through the, you know, the terribleness of these, these illnesses. Mm-hmm. And it's fantastic to hear that, you know, yeah, Parkinson's is something that is just so prolific amongst it's people, prolific, huge, especially, uh, you know, as they're, as they're deteriorating and whatnot. And it's yeah. just, it's just awful uh, mm. to see to see people go through that and so to yeah to have a, a system in which people can receive detection and and go from there it's that's awesome it's great that we have research in so many scientific areas isn't it that they're continuing mm. they're not kind of resting you know where where things are at in any kind of way so yeah that's the really exciting thing you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different that was The Teachers With Run. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. Lawson, we have another quiz question, and this time it is a bit shorter than the first yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. When you were trying to put in those blanks in, it uh, kind of it was a bit hard because I think you think you did a great job, there was, though, with There was that. lots that was a of words. Of... <laughs> there was, it was quite a long verse. Shout out, producer Shell, uh, who's currently holidaying. You know, she, she was like, oh, I'm just going to leave these guys a really hard, you know, Questions so that they can uh, they can they can struggle while I'm away, but that's fine. Hey, question number two. This one is a fair bit shorter, a fair bit more simple. It says, "What did Moses tell the Israelites to tie on their hands and foreheads? Mm. What did Moses tell the Israelites to to tie on their hands and their foreheads?" Mm. You know the answer to that one: zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win our amazing prizes for this week. We have Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings, an incredible book regarding the teachings of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount in which he gave. And it's essentially an easy-to-read, deep-dive commentary into what he was saying and how we can apply that to our lives, to our understanding of our knowledge about the kingdom of heaven, about who Jesus is. And then also we've got a book there as well. It's called A Thoughtful Hour, which is Mm. a devotional book. It's about spending time with Jesus, learning about him. And it comes from the famous quote uh, that essentially goes like a thoughtful hour spent with Jesus each day is needed to reflect on his Absolutely. And, and yeah, if you guys want these books, all you need to do is answer questions correctly. We'll be drawing them at 8.45 today. Again, that question was, what did Moses tell the Israelites to tie on their hands and their foreheads? It was 0491-064-669. This morning, I'm going to be talking about a topic which is, uh, you know, Lyle used the word yesterday, spicy. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not quite... It's not quite as spicy. I'm not going to get in, into any details, but it is over the topic of uh, abortion. And so 0491-064-669 is the number to text us if you have any feedback, but also 131114 is the number for Lifeline um, if this is a topic that is triggering for you or that is, is difficult to hear. But this comes, this new story comes from Washington, D.C., and a criminal case that is currently against... 
the PAAU and a particular member of the PAAU, mm. Lauren Handy. Now, the PAAU stands um. for Progressive Anti-Abortion Uprising, uh-huh. which is an organization in the United States who is they're, they're a pro-life organization, but they specifically tag themselves as we're a progressive organization. So these people aren't a faith-based organization. Uh, they they don't fight for abortions under the paradigm of necessarily conservative values Mm -hmm. but rather they say oh hey we are standing you know against abortion from the perspective that you know we believe that it's morally wrong based Mm -hmm. on our moral compass which is which is interesting considering that you're saying that they're not a christian group that's right and they're they're like in the title they're like we are progressive Mm -hmm. people you know there's might be someone people who are a part of this organization who are christian Mm -hmm. but they're like oh no we're not religiously affiliated anything like that we just are a group of people who believe that abortion is wrong now their work um in that in the pro-life space has been making headlines and we particularly we talked about a story last year that came from the paau uh and that was that they had recovered from outside of a clinic the remains of five full-term babies along with 110 other human remains Whoa. which is so gnarly and, and we talked about this last year and it was it was a pretty difficult story to get through that essentially it it seemed as though there were essentially clinics in the u.s who were performing full-term abortions yeah that's just gut-wrenching just shocking it's just gut-wrenching and shocking in every way isn't it but yeah. one of their members uh a group of their members but you know the most prominent of which Lauren Handy, um, but Handy, um, Heather Idoni, uh, William Goodman, John Hinshaw, and Herb uh, Geralty are currently uh, facing a criminal case. They're on the stand right now on trial um, for violating the freedom of access to clinic entrances, which is the FACE Act, mm-hmm. and a conspiracy against rights. Now, this it, trial comes in the way of a 2020... Uh, event which happened where they went to a Washington DC abortion clinic um, and Handy had booked uh, an abortion or booked a, a checkup at the clinic mm-hmm. under a fake name. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she was allowed in the building and mm-hmm. once her and the other people that she was with walked through the front door. They then blockaded the entrance with furniture in the clinic. So she couldn't go back out. So no, so they What do you mean? So they pretended to be getting a, you know, to, to be there to see a, a clinician. Yes. Uh, and they then blocked the entrance so that no one else could come in. in oh, an, in okay. An, that in an that, act that of when protest. they went in, I thought people in the clinic. No, 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 okay, no, no, gotcha, no, 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 no. Gotcha, gotcha. So okay. the, this group, and they've blocked the entrance. They've yeah. blockaded the entrance. Yeah in order to basically take a, a protest stand and to not allow To basically anyone... say, we, you know, people shouldn't be coming in for abortions. So That's that right. was their strong that, stand that was that. the That was the, the stand right. that and they so took. Right, and so what was the outcome from that at that point and then further with this? So obviously now the being... trial is currently taking place and they are, you know, it's, it's under trial. Now, in terms of an opinion that I could have regarding their method of protesting here mm-hmm. you know do i think that they did the wrong thing i want to i want to just or, or the right thing mm-hmm. i just want to park that for a second mm-hmm. to talk about the the context of this trial at the moment the trial is is taking place and one thing that has been pointed out in regards to the trial and the the jury that is currently sitting to you know decide over the child mm. the trial um 
is well, one the claim has been made by SBA Pro Life America and the the president of which which is Majority Defenfelser um, that it's an extreme the the extreme pro abortion bias on display throughout the trial um, is very clear and one of the ins- one of the examples of that is that in the trial donors to Planned Parenthood, because mm. uh, Planned Parenthood, while simultaneously being funded by the government, is mm-hmm. also funded by donations as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, people uh, who are donating to Planned Parenthood uh, are allowed, are permitted to serve on the jury. Um, Interesting. So, so we're seeing here in in other cases, in other court cases, what would be deemed as a conflict of interest. I was, I was just about to say it's actually really surprising that they've actually been allowed onto the jury, being overlooked. Um, mm-hmm. And and so in terms of the jury serving here, um, there is definitely you could say a a pro abortion or a pro-choice bias in regard mm-hmm. to that. Um, and, you know, furthermore, they're, they're writing and they're claiming that these convictions and this trial um, is actually a an abuse of political power meant to intimidate pro-life vo- uh, voices. Mm. Now, what I see here from my perspective, mm. uh, what you know, what has happened and, and whether this is right or wrong, I think the first thing to say um, is that these people are sincerely convicted that abortion is 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 wrong and harmful yeah, they um, are. and the prevalence of it is, is awful. Mm-hmm. And is that a sentiment that I can agree with? And the answer is absolutely. 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 Yeah, I yeah. can agree with that. Um, but is the, is the way to go about it to blockade the door of an abortion clinic, which is, is against an American law, but then you could say, Oh, but this is, this is them protesting. But is this, is this a protest or is this the, you know, a criminal act? This is this is where the the waters get a little bit murky. As much absolutely. as as much as I absolutely sympathise with their cause, mm-hmm. I'm like to take that step mm. and put yourself in the target in in the sights of those making the laws and not having a a stance, you know, and knowing that this will end up in a criminal trial and not having a stance mm. against that because the Face Act is is very mm-hmm. pr- prominent and well known. Like people know Face, and most pro life, uh, you know, organizations and protesters when they are wanting to interact in this mm-hmm. space are, you know, they follow the guidelines of Face, which I believe is like two hundred yards or something that they yeah. have to stay away from the clinic or yeah, whatever well, it may be. Yeah. Um, to violate this and then to put your work in jeopardy, I don't it's, know if it's the best way to go. No, I, I, and, and take. I mean, even though we don't agree with it, you know, taking away that freedom, freedom of choice, you know, yeah. in every way too. But yeah, putting yourself out there in that kind of way, and now that's kind of gone to the courts and gone. It's gone so to the much courts, further. and I actually agree what they've said here. The conviction is an is a blatant abuse of political power meant to intimidate mm-hmm. pro life voices. As a result of this, if if they get convicted here and they bolster face um, and they increase the the restrictions of face, the the laws that are you know restricting people from being able to be close to abortion clinics and hand out literature and whatnot that would give someone another option, if they bolster this as a result, you've actually worked to harm the cause absolutely rather than help the absolutely, cause absolutely hundred percent. And so for me again. The sentiment of you know should should Planned Parenthood be functioning in this way you know is the prevalence of abortions good? It's like absolutely not. Is that something that should be standard against? Absolutely. But when we take stances that are and and especially as well you know to run into the clinic to block the doors to not let anyone in to make a big fuss. I 
I I don't necessarily see this as a as as a as a Christian stance. Mm. Um, when we look at protesting in the Bible, um, we see people not you know blocking doors or inciting it, because the other thing that happened is like a nurse got pushed over and twisted her ankle and whatnot. We don't see the inciting of violence, um, but rather the. The, the 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 clear and blatant stand um, with words. Now you could say, hey, you know, Jesus, Jesus went into the temple. Um, mm-hmm. Jesus, Jesus knocked over the tables knocked of over the tables of the it. merchants and whatnot. But it wasn't intended to be violent, and I don't think these people were intended to be violent either. Mm-hmm. But I, at the same time, when I'm not Jesus, yeah. you know, it's very difficult to make the decision of you know what is the right thing and the wrong thing to do. And I think the default that we see throughout, say, the Book of Acts when mm-hmm. they came under clinical, uh, you know, under under trial, or you know, say in the Book of Daniel, is they didn't bow down. They stood. They stood for what they believed. They in. stood for what they, they believed. used their. They used their words, yep. um, and they were able to. And particularly, I think in Paul's case, using their words enabled them to convince others of of the truth. Um, promoting something better convinced people to move away from this evil. And mm. it's it's something that I'm, I'm quite passionate about I, because I've experienced it. I, I've seen you know people come to faith, and I've seen people make those decisions to to change their life, not mm. as a result of of forcing them to participate in faith activities, but rather modeling a life that is better. Guys, I would love to know what you think. 0491-064-669. 0491-064-669 is the number to text. We're going to you're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Listening to the Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson, um, and Lawson, we've got our next quiz question coming up, and another short one, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's right. Here we go, guys. Who used the term "Rock of Our Salvation" to describe God? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Who used the term "Rock of Our Salvation" to describe? God. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. Of course, our amazing prizes for this week. We have two books, Thoughts from the Mount of Blessings and A Thoughtful Hour. We want to give these to you absolutely for free. All you need to do, 0491-064-669. Text us that number with an answer. With well, a correct answer will get you in the draw. But text us any answer. <laughs> That's it. Who said it? Any just that. just write an answer. It might be right if you know the answer. You know, then write it in. That's but right. it might be right, it might be wrong. <laughs> Just send it in. We won't make fun of you, Give we promise. Give it a go. Give it a go. And we've got heaps coming through. So keep those rolling in because we've right. only got two more questions to go with today. Before um, we to draw get, the prize. Before we draw the prize. So, but hey, look, now it's come time for our interview with Tony. Tony, hello, are you there? Yes, I am. Good morning to you guys. Tony, good morning to you. Welcome back on, on, on the show with us. We always love what you have to share. Tony's from the Voice of the Martyrs and the Voice of the Martyrs is, of course, committed to being a voice for the persecuted and exists to actually help love and encourage persecution of Christians by providing Bibles and other ministry tools. And today we're going to Pakistan, aren't we, that you're going to be talking about Tony? That's right. Yes. I just wanted to share with you guys some of the, some of their recent information on the attacks against Christians, which happened a few weeks ago in yeah. Jarambala, mm-hmm. in Punjab. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. 
This was this was something we covered on the show, and actually, I, I have a little bit of a connection to some people in Pakistan, and I was able to get sent through some some different photos and whatnot from those guys, and just see the terrible state that a lot of them ended up in, sleeping in cornfields and whatnot. But um, yeah, let us know, you know, from from Voice of the Martyrs and from contacting those on the front lines, you know, what 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 has been happening over there. Well, what actually started all of this was a broadcast from the mosque in an adjoining area declaring that um, pages, torn out pages, were found in the Christian district of the Quran. So obviously with Pakistan's blasphemy rules that they have, which are very vague but enforceable by the Muslim hierarchy, they encouraged um, the Muslims to march on the Christian religious and, you know, sort them out. So that's what started it. A lot of the Christians were able to escape without being harmed or killed, but their village or their little living area and that was absolutely decimated. So upon returning, many of them came back to uh, burnt-out homes. They, their livelihoods were taken away and so on and so on, and this affected hundreds upon hundreds of Christians there. Needless to say, the the mood is very tense there, but the partners that we have and that we work with have spoken to the governor in that region, and the police made a number of arrests. Now, with those arrests, really, you know, history has proven in the past that the arrests are basically just tokenism. These people never seem to be um, incarcerated for anything serious. They normally seem to get away with it. So, you know, I I do believe that we need a lot of prayer for these guys over mm. there because it's very challenging for any Christian living mm. in a Muslim-dominated country, particularly Pakistan, where mm. the law says one thing, but the application of the law is very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For these people living in Pakistan and the like terrible circumstances they're in that, you know, these riots just raise up out of nowhere and, you know, mm. people are being attacked and killed, but then also politically um, prosecuted as well for what they believe in. Is there, mm. is there any, is there any respite? Is there any, is there any deliverance that can come in, in this situation or are they just subject to this and they just have to hold out against hope that they won't be found out? Look, I think it's quite a complex scenario in Pakistan. I mean, you can live in Pakistan as a Christian and never get caught up in any of this. But then there are other parts of Pakistan where you will and can, and you're likely to get killed. So it's a bit of a melting pot. It's quite a volatile place, as mm. you can imagine. But we do work in Pakistan, and the gospel gets spread, and people get helped, and mm. People get, um, you know, sort of salvation and baptisms and live quite a good life there, you know. Mm. So this is where the complexity of it comes from. We can't just say that, hang on, Pakistan is totally anti-Christian, it's it's bad, it's, it's so on and so on. And that is often the way many people who are looking to get out of Pakistan are portraying it. You can't imagine the number of emails and correspondence we get from people saying, we need help in Pakistan, please help us get to Australia, you've helped this one, can you help us? You know, we get it all the time. So we have to find some balance in terms of how we deal with and how we approach things with Christians in Pakistan, you know. Mm. 
So it's quite challenging, I think. And you find that in a few other countries. Indonesia would be another one mm-hmm. where the rule of law says you can practice as a Christian. And the government is quite good in trying to keep that balance. But the practical application on the ground is very, very different mm-hmm. in terms of the lawlessness that goes on, that skirts around the actual rule of law, and people get caught up in it. And inevitably, it's the Christian minorities that get caught up in this. And it's the same in India. You yeah, know? So, of course. Yeah, we really need to – sorry, I interrupted you. No, no, keep going. Um, the, Tony, my, my mind also goes to, like, you know, with so much persecution happening and the challenges that are there for the Christians, how does that in its own way also impact people moving towards Christianity? Because, you know, within Christianity, I guess the biggest thing is that once people become a Christian, they we, we want to share it with others, and it's a whole soul-winning thing. But, you know, it, what what – how does that impact it in that space as well? Look, I think people, you know, let's look at Christianity in the Muslim world. I mean, people find a text of the Bible and get convicted by that text Mm -hmm. and change their life around. So, you know, the Lord is moving in amazing ways in the Muslim regions of places like the Middle East and North Africa and that. And we see many people come to Christ without even being evangelized. Mm. That's powerful. That aspect of it also, you know, and people are sharing testimonies with us saying, you know what, I just heard this or the Lord appeared to me or this happened in my life and I just asked for help and I knew it was an Allah and I knew this was Jesus. And then some the, a series of events would happen and people would come to Christ and we're like, wow, mm. we see a lot of that in places like Egypt also. We're seeing a lot of it in places like Iran also. Mm. So there's definitely a move of God throughout the Muslim world mm. that we thinking we actually need to be a part of, but the Lord is saying, I'm doing it regardless, you know, and this is the challenge that the Christian world has got. We feel we have to be evangelizing everywhere to get people to turn to Christ, which in reality, the the face of it is not like that at all. The Lord is turning people's lives around regardless or in spite of us, you know. Isn't that beautiful and powerful? And I think of the early church that under the, you know, when they were being persecuted, I mean, it still just grew. You know, the book of Acts just really describes that beautifully. But throughout (laughs) history, there's been persecution. um, And and it's often under persecution that that has been major growth. And you're saying exactly that, that, you know, the power of God is so much greater than what Satan wants Mm -hmm. to place in 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 this space. Or, or any kind of way of persecution of what is actually happening to them mm-hmm. and the fact that the government is good but they're not practically applying, you know, that, that goodness, you know, at the, that ground level. So, yeah. Mm. Look, you know, something else also is that people, particularly Pakistan, we don't find this with many other countries, this request to can you help us, can you help us, but we're finding that people that have come to Australia, and we just heard of a case last week, where uh, somebody came, he was part of the whole thing with ISIS in Iraq. As Christians, they escaped, got him to Australia, and one of our contacts was meeting with him here because he was visiting us and shared the guy's story. And the guy said, you know what, I'm like, this life is not for me. I was happier in Iraq mm. when, wow. I, when my faith was that like strong because it had to be strong and I needed to be strong 
and I was in a better place then than I am now. What am I chasing here now? I'm chasing the cars, the house, all the material things, but I'm not as close to God as I used to be. And that was quite a wake-up call because wow. this is how I'm out of that environment. So it adds a lot of credence to the fact that the manner in which Voice of the Martyrs operate is to equip and to mm-hmm. care for and to uh, work with people in the environment that they're at because that is where God is working. Mm. That's exactly where he's working. And the, wow. you know, the goal is to overcome, endure and overcome. Mm. And that is what we pray for. That is what we, you know, that's what we hear from them. They're not asking us to please get me to Australia or get me to the U.S. They're saying give us a Bible and pray for us so that we can become stronger, so that we can know how to defeat this enemy that's already been defeated on the cross. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, love, I love that, you know, it's a, a ministry isn't shipping people out of a country yeah. who has made a decision to made to follow Jesus, yeah. but enabling them to reach their fellow countrymen. And mm. it's, it's actually been something we've talked on the radio about before. I think it was last year we had a big conversation about is persecution, you know, should persecution actually be solved in these countries? Um, would it be better for these countries if there was no persecution? And we kind of came to a conclusion where we said, well, actually, you know, it would be maybe better for their, their well-being, but for their, their spiritual life and, you know, for the gospel going forward, we actually see that the persecution is enabling the flourishing of churches. Uh, and is enabling people to come to God. And so that that's where it's so important to be working in those spaces as you guys are doing. That's incredible. Oh, powerful. You know, the Bible does say that once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you will suffer. And yes. to varying degrees, we will suffer. Not all of us are going to be martyred, but we will suffer to varying degrees. And we've seen the signs even in our you know own environments within a place like Australia. But I think the the... This, the reliance on God comes through that knowing that nothing else is going to make this any better but uh, the love, the grace, and the power of Jesus Christ. Mm. That's, the, that's the enabling, empowering thing. And if I said to you, we work with people all over the world, and one of our guys in China, and I said, would you like to get out of China? He said, no, I'm not. Why? Mm. This is where God wants me. I love being here. This is where I'm making a difference. This is where people's lives are being changed. Why would I want to be anywhere else? Wow. Mm. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that says it all. That says it all when you totally sold out for the gospel, you know. Mm. And and it shows too about that whole, you know, once you're truly converted, how we're anchored in Jesus Christ and how, you know, I think of when um, Paul says, you know, when we are weak, then we are strong because really, you know, we, we can feel weak when we're persecuted and yet at the same time we gain strength because it brings us to our knees. It brings us to study the Bible so much more. And that's exactly what's happening in these places. Definitely. Most definitely. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Tony, we've got a couple of minutes left. Is there anything that you want to leave us with before we go? Well, I'd like to leave you with a thought that I I do believe, like within what we're working with at the moment, we're working uh, within the islands, PNG, Solomon Islands, all of these, the influence of China seems to be ratcheting up because China's desperate at the moment economically they're on their knees so they're looking to gain ground and desperate people are dangerous as they say Mm. we need prayer for those countries that are not quite as smart as in taking on this whole communist um, regime 
and are very naive at it. These people need prayer because they're making some big decisions in the next couple of weeks, um, and and they need prayer to deal with it in a godly manner and not be fearful of communism. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. To to stand for, continue to stand for what they believe in. Is the thought there that you know is the idea that to be that, that they will be seduced by communism into a you know living or thinking a way that's unbiblical, or or to just be constantly fearful? You know, for what are you seeing that the danger is for Christians with China engaging them there? Well, and obviously, you know, we see we see danger for Christians in China itself. But yeah, for those yeah. living in the islands, what what do you think is their their biggest need? Well, what's happening in PNG and happening in the Solomon Islands, the Chinese government is throwing money at infrastructure and that's buying, that's buying their sovereignty, their land. Mm. And we're finding that because of the Chinese influence, the Christian churches, which were the dominant factors in those countries for centuries, has been sidelined and made irrelevant. Mm. And the church is finding its voice disappearing. This was happening in Fiji until the election, and that's all being reversed now, mm-hmm. which is great. But the Solomon Islands is a is a scary case because they're basically selling out to the Chinese. PNG at the moment, you can't even get containers or anything in there without the Chinese say so. So this wow. is a dangerous thing. This is three hours from where we live. So that influence of dominance of taking it over, what is the modus operandi? Mm. The Chinese communists, and I'm say the communists, please, not all Chinese people are this. I'm talking about the communists. These guys don't play fair. They dominate. That's how yeah. that's proven to be the case. So if they want to dominate something right on our doorstep, is that acceptable? I don't think so. And then the ideology that goes with it, everything seems to be turning with them into something militarily, mm. which is not good for us, you know. And uh, with people's faiths being stomped on like that, as they've done in their own countries, that is not a good thing. So mm. um, we need to stand up. We need to really push back in a prayerful, godly way against these things because it is a uh, you know, a spiritual fight against darkness, yeah. not a physical one. And in that's that's the manner in which I'm asking people to respond. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Tony, thank you so much for joining us this morning. We- Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.